This is how we do. We make a move and act a fool while we up in the club. This is how we do. Nobody do it like we do it, so show us some love. Fresh like, uh, Impala, uh, Chrome Hydraulics, 808 drums, you don't want none. It is week number 10, DFS MVP, Holden Kushner, TJ Hernandez, our director of DFS at 444.com. TJ, I heard a little 50 cent in there. Would that be the game? 50 cent, uh, the game featuring 50 cent, actually, to say it correctly. How we do from the documentary uh, 2005 album from the game classic right there and if you like that song if you like the rest of our intro songs the dfs mvp spotify playlist is available all you have to do is go on spotify search dfs mvp or just go on my twitter i tweet it out every week almost every day uh all the good intro songs that you've heard here are available there is the game still relevant you, I, I don't know the last time he came out with some new music, but he made so many classics that I'll say, yes, he is still relevant. He is still relevant. Okay. We got the week 10 plays coming up. We got our four for four tournament strategy. This is going to be kind of fun, TJ, because yeah. uh, this week, four for four, we got our DraftKings tournament. Yeah, a, a free tournament. We'll get into the details of it uh, a little bit later, but we've already been been tweeting out links. Uh, you have, I have, four for four. The the Twitter handle at four for four has been tweeting it out, so it should be a, a fun way to to interact with us. And uh, if you're in it, hit us up on Twitter. We could uh, talk a little trash about it. And if you're new, kind of thinking about dabbling into DFS or at least haven't played tournaments, it's a good little intro to that. Yep, still a chance to get twenty five percent off DFS MVP promo and uh, the price drop goes to what 59 bucks so yeah, starting last week i mean that's absolutely ridiculous uh we got a rate review t-shirt giveaway let's tell them about that are we still getting some reviews rolling in yeah getting plenty rolling in i mean like you said that that offer 25 percent off is still available and we're only at our halfway point this this week 10 is everyone else in football they think they're almost done we go through championship week of dfs so a lot of a lot of value left to be had a lot of people still listening leaving us five-star reviews winning a lot of money uh and if you want to get involved with that as well get a free t-shirt from four for four be entered into that contest all you have to do is leave a five-star rating and review yourself this week drummer lava was our winner uh we got quite a few really nice uh responses this week about the podcast uh, a few lineups that that hit really hard did really well so drummer lava hit me up on twitter at tj hernandez i'll hook you up with the details on how to get that shirt sent your way all right very good so for the new listeners out there here's what we do every week we give a few of our core plays at every position for the main slate then we have our theory segment again today's gonna be a little bit different uh with the theory segment because we're just gonna Talk about uh, the tournament we have. I guess there is some game theory, a lot of game theory going there. But here's the deal. The the game totals are not as high as we had last week when they were just astronomical. We do have some teams favored by double digits. So, TJ, we have um, some big time, some big time spreads and only two games with uh, close spreads. So this is going to be an interesting week if you're relying on Vegas. It's going to be an interesting week because uh, those four teams with, that are that are double digit favorites, uh, that that's going to to create a a pretty big vacuum, and I think uh, where players are looking at least in terms of of game script, uh, and then we we don't have a lot of games that are expected to be close, so it kind of narrows down the field potentially. But then on the flip side of things, we have whereas we've had in the past few weeks. Uh, Salaries kind of bunched up, at least in terms of the player usage, where you aren't seeing a lot of uh, uh, different salary ranges. This week, they're kind of spread all over the place, and that starts with quarterback. All of, of the values are kind of in, or at least our favorite values at 4 for 4, are in very different price ranges. So that's going to lead to some pretty unique uh, makeups in terms of lineup construction. It should be exciting and pretty, pretty challenging, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's going to be... For me, it's going to be uh, pretty straightforward at running back. I mm-hmm. think it's going to be pretty straightforward at tight end and pretty straightforward at wide receiver. To tell you the mm-hmm. truth, right now, I'm struggling with quarterback. Um, I'm struggling a little bit with um, with flex, and I'm struggling a little bit at defense. But let's start at quarterback here because there's a lot of options. There's nothing that I've narrowed down yet that makes me feel great. 
I do have a feeling some of the things you can say about Philip Rivers is going to maybe start leaning a little bit toward him. He's 8,200 on FanDuel. He's an affordable 6,000 on DraftKings. And he's going up on the road against the helpless Oakland Raiders. And you you threw out a number today. Philip Rivers every week is throwing multiple touchdowns. Every week. Yeah. Only only quarterback to do that uh, so far this year. Only quarterback to throw... Uh, for at least two touchdowns in every game. So a little bit of a floor there, but also a very high ceiling in this game where the Chargers are favored by 10 on the road against the Raiders with a projected team total just under 30 points, one of the highest of the weeks. Uh, Rivers isn't going to pop on on too many uh, lineup generators or value reports, uh, but, I mean, like you said, we have so many values this week in terms of uh at the quarterback position that it's going to drive some of these guys that might have been i don't know top three or four values in a different week down a little bit and you might overlook someone like philip rivers but what i've been doing and which has been pretty profitable of late has been targeting the raiders just with with anyone uh because they are a dumpster fire and where they've been especially bad is against the pass they are dead last now in touchdown rate allowed dead last in fantasy points per pass attempt allowed and instead of just looking at raw touchdowns or or yards given up those are numbers i really like to look at because those are efficiency metrics and efficiency metrics are what lead to fantasy points and then on top of it oakland's defense they just can't get to the quarterback this is this uh is is a direct correlation with how many points they've been giving up through the air If, if you can't sack the quarterback they could sit back there all day Oakland's dead last in adjusted sack rate, which is a metric that our friends at Football Outsiders use just to kind of uh, compile everything, pressures, uh, expected sacks, actual sacks, and it's a lot better indicator than just looking at raw sacks. Chargers are top six in the league in yards per drive, and that equals more scoring opportunities. Again, that's something that I want to look at is offense moving the ball efficiency uh, efficiently. You might look at something like, like rivers, red zone attempts or, or uh, relative to the rest of the league or, or the passing rates of the chargers versus some of these other high power teams. It might not look great uh, in terms of, of their passing rate, but if they're moving the ball that efficiently, that means a lot of scoring opportunities. And that's reflected in the stat that you brought up, the, the double-digit targets. I'm sorry, uh, the, the two or more touchdowns in, in every game this year. Yeah, and you talk about efficiency with Rivers. You go back to the Week 5 game against Oakland. He was 22 of 27. Just 27 attempts. He threw for 339 and two touchdowns. Efficiency. So, I mean, it's got efficiency. How about this year? He's 19 touchdowns and three interceptions. And Incredible. nobody's talking about Phil Rivers. And he's, he's on he's on pace for 4,500 yards. He can't do anything. He'll he'll always be the most underrated quarterback. And the, the biggest irony of his career uh, is probably going to be the fact that Eli Manning is – probably going to end up being a hall of fame quarterback Ugh. and rivers isn't going rivers to be well and I, I hope so but the he irony will. that they were drafted together and that the argument's going to lean eli when in fact it's rivers like the whenever that 30 for 30 comes out it's going to be amazing <laughs> rivers is a hall of famer i hope I, so you know you just wonder what does he got to do to get to a super bowl at this point he Man. played without a knee against the patriots what was that was that an afc championship game when yeah Tomlinson yeah down, they but... actually they had that game won and Ugh. i think they fumbled on on, on the drive if i'm thinking of the same game they fumbled on the last drive to uh they actually were trying to kill the clock yep i mean it's uh he's a stud i, I really hope they get to a super bowl I, re- I re- even though they only have five fans in los angeles going to games i really hope they get to a super bowl and i'm glad that we're talking Philip Rivers here because he is having 19 touchdowns and three picks. It's Tom Brady-like, it's incredible. ladies and gentlemen. All right, so that's 8,200 FanDuel, 6K on DK. Then you go way down to Bortles at 6,800 and then 4,900. He's at Indianapolis. Now, Bortles has a non-throwing shoulder issue that he's working mm-hmm. through right now, and he's Blake Bortles. So the name, yeah. it's going that, that's working – I guess for you, if you're going to play him this week, because he'll, he's always lower owned. Why do you like Blake Bortles? Well, he was he was a guy that we were pretty high on early on the year. Then he uh, he got benched, and ever since then we we haven't heard his name floating around a lot. This week, I think he's especially interesting for all of the traditional reasons that we talk about, and I'll get to those in a moment. But one that is very intriguing to me is that this week there 
aren't many cheap quarterback plays that people are going to be looking to, and that's a position you want to punt. And a player that we're going to see pop, I, I think, is going to really gain in popularity by the time we get to Sunday is going to be Marcus Mariota because uh, he's very cheap. He has a good matchup, and he's coming off a pretty good game. So I, I think his ownership is going to be a little higher than what people expect once all the articles and podcasts get out. But Blake Bortles is almost a perfect price pivot to Marcus Mariota on both sides. We have uh, Bortles at 6800 on FanDuel, Mariota at 6700 On DraftKings, we have Bortles at 4900 Mariota at 4700 Now, Bortles is in an extremely good matchup here against the Colts. The Colts are all around uh, bad on defense. They're one of two teams that we have ranked outside the top 20 in our schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed metric on four for four and that includes a 28th ranking versus quarterbacks now something that i like to do every week look at how teams move the ball and look at how teams score in terms of uh percentage of yardage percentage of touchdowns where are those going how are they 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 going about getting those and then which teams have a, a week where we should see an inflated total and this week, Jacksonville is one of those teams. Uh, their projected point total is five points over their point per game average. That's the highest difference of the week. And Blake Bortles is one of eight quarterbacks in what I, I'm trying to call the 75-75 club. I've been putting it in my articles lately, and I hope it gains traction because uh, it's. I think it's a cool little metric that just encompasses which quarterbacks are very valuable to their teams, at least in terms of, of that total offense. One of eight quarterbacks with at least 75% of total yards, 75% of total offensive touchdowns, and that includes the third highest percent of team touchdowns. Uh, obviously, we, we've we talked about before Bortles on the ground, averaging 33 yards per game on the ground. So those are great fantasy points there that you want to get. And inflated team total, Jacksonville throws at the fourth highest rate inside the red zone. The only thing I will say is that it looks like Fournette's coming back this mm-hmm. week. Now, if you're yep. going with Bortles, you're hoping that you know they got to air it out a little bit, and it wouldn't shock me. I mean, Andrew Luck and Andrew Luck has been nails coming out of bye weeks, so this could be a sneaky higher scoring game than anybody's really thinking about it. But yeah. do you have any pause there now that Fournette's coming back? If if this was three weeks ago, I definitely would have because this team has been night and day. Uh, with Fournette, uh, you mentioned the, the 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 game total and the spread. This is one of those three games with a th- or two games with a three point spread. So uh, if there is going to be a back and forth, this could be one of those. When once Jacksonville traded for Carlos Hyde, it kind of uh, kind of dampened my thoughts in terms of this team being completely different with Fournette in in the game because one it tells us that they probably aren't sure that they can rely on him or if they, they even want to rely on him like they have been doing in, in, in the past. Um, I, I just don't see a situation where with these three capable running backs, all of a sudden we see Fournette play 80% of the snaps and they just go to a to a run-heavy uh, game. And, and then they are on the road. And you mentioned Indy coming off a bye versus uh, offense that can be very high-powered, even though Jacksonville defense is very good. Um, I, again, I think this game can go back and forth a little bit more than, than people think. I really don't remember what I say on this show or any <laughs> other show, TJ. So maybe you can remember for me. I'm just, I'm looking at this game. I think this game is actually going to break the 50 point game total. And if you go back and you look at the Jaguars, they have scored 27 or more in four of the last five meetings against the Colts. So Bortles has nice. had some success, you know, in this, in this series too. So I'm glad you brought up Bortles. Um, that was somebody I wish we didn't talk about to <laughs> tell you the truth, but that, Hey, listen, this is why people listen to this show because you're digging up some good stuff here. Um, there is, there, there's a couple guys just want to throw out and talk about real quick that we did not discuss before the show. Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, I guess the contrarian in me says that Wilson, maybe he's going to use his legs a little more. We're seeing a floor there on Wilson around 20 points in, in, in standard He's going up against the Rams. This could be an up-and-down game. And then on the other side, if if you are like me and you think that the Jacksonville Indy game can get up there a little bit, Boye is out for the Jaguars, so they're down a man at corner. And maybe Andrew Luck is a nice play this week, too. I, I actually love Andrew Luck right now. 
Yeah, I'm I'm probably out of those two. I'm I'm probably lower on luck be because of the matchup. But you mentioned Bouye, and and again, if if they're telling us them being Vegas that this is going to be a relatively high scoring game with a spread of just three, it, they would they would have knocked this way down if they're worried about the Jaguars. But the Colts, all they do is pass. Uh, no matter where they're out on the field, what the game situation is, so they're I think they're going to say they're not they're not going to try to switch it up and slow down they're going to try to attack the jaguars uh with their with their normal plan uh and if that happens uh we can see the back and forth we talked about now the russell wilson the reason i love him week in and week out is because he's been extremely efficient they the the seahawks just haven't let him throw as much as he wants to his his touchdown rate is is second uh high i'm sorry his fantasy points per attempt is second highest in the league uh it hasn't really mattered who he's gone up against his efficiency has stayed very high if we bumped his pass attempts up to 300 which would only put him 12th in the league uh he would be second in the league in in passing touchdowns uh so if they let him loose i i think we could we could see some fireworks and they're probably going to be forced to throw this week against this Rams offense. Yeah, I I think if they don't let him run this week that they're going to get completely destroyed uh, by the Rams. But, again, divisional game. Two teams know each other pretty well. And um, I'm I'm just looking at Luck. I think this is – we're all worried about his shoulder. and He's throwing three, four touchdowns every single week. He's got 18 touchdowns over the last four weeks. He's just – he's throwing so much. He's throwing so well. Um, So this is my – again, I won't remember saying this, so (laughs) – if I'm wrong, you'll bring it up. If I'm right, don't worry about it. Let's move on to the next position, of course. And, hey, uh, last week, I, I I don't remember if we talked about Kareem Hunt possibly being the number one overall running back out there, but I have a feeling we were talking about him being high on him. And if you thought you were high on him last week, how about this? He's 9,000 on FanDuel. He's 8,500 on DK. He's taken on the Arizona Cardinals in a game that, my goodness, uh, this could be a 60 to 10 game. Yeah. But you know what? I think I said that when Minnesota and Buffalo were playing the last time we had a spread of 16 and a half. And <laughs> what happened in that one? That kind of backfired. But I'm feeling so comfortable with the Chiefs this week and Kareem Hunt just going bananas. Yeah, we have a we have a good little uh, foursome of, of running backs at the, the top of pricing this week. Uh, those guys being Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, Kareem Hunt, and Alvin Kamara. Now, Gurley's priced way above the rest on FanDuel. Uh, everyone's a little bit closer within $900 of each other on DraftKings. Uh, so none of those guys are particularly bad plays, but the situation stands out for Hunt the most because of what you mentioned, because of, of uh, that game and because of how bad Arizona is. Arizona's a, a defense that... They funnel points to running backs. They're top three in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. 11th versus receivers, 5th versus tight ends, but 27th versus running backs. And the game just sets up very well for Kareem Hunt, who's $9,000 on FanDuel, $8,500 on DraftKings, because of game flow should push the ball his way. Kansas City is the biggest favorite of the week at 16.5 points, and they have the highest projected total of the week, uh, 33 projected points, which, which is surprisingly, that's their highest game total of the season. Uh, so that's really saying something for how on fire they've been. And Kareem Hunt has as much touchdown equity as anybody not named Todd Gurley. He's top three in rushes inside the ten and inside the five and and as i mentioned he has he has that inflated total this week uh obviously Kamara's up there but i think in the back of our heads we have to worry about mark ingram a little bit even though he hasn't been uh putting up the the fantasy numbers he is still pretty close to a 50 50 snap and touch share so there's a little bit of a concern there but cream hunt just such a big part of this offense and in a really great spot and even whoever you like out of the group I mentioned, even if it isn't Hunt, they're all going to cannibalize each other's ownership a little bit, which which helps whoever you like. He's just a great player too. I mean, it's gotten yeah. to that point. There's he's so he's so athletic. He's got such great burst, and we saw Spencer Ware get a little more involved last week. Mm-hmm. Maybe at some point in time, Andy Reid wants to dial it back with this guy, but uh, that time is not now. Yeah, so the, the yeah. concern in that the concern in that this week is if this 16 and a half point uh, spread holds true and and they get there very early, then that that is a concern. But 
when we have a team that is expected to score as much as the Chiefs are expected to score, uh, give me their studs, and I'd rather bet on those studs getting them to that big lead than worrying about them sitting in the fourth quarter. Yep, no doubt about it. You talked about the big four this week. That'd be Gurley, Gordon, Hunt, and Kamara. Mm-hmm. And don't forget about James Conner either. I guess he's a big five because a lot of people faded Conner last week. wasn't a good matchup. It was against the Ravens, and boom, that guy went that guy went nuts. I mean, yeah, we might as well on, just cross his slate. name out. Yeah, yeah. Cro- cross his name out from now, and he is on a full slate, right? That's why we're not. He's playing on Thursday night, but cross his name out. Just put Le'Veon Bell there if you want to feel better about it. <laughs> yeah, because if Le'Veon Bell was the name every week, you would play him no matter the matchup. So, hundred percent. That's a great point. He's just. <laughs> This guy is an absolute beast. All right, we move on to Tennessee, taking on the Patriots. And Deion Lewis, 5,800 on FanDuel, 4,600 on DraftKings. Mm -hmm. So you could take this down narrative street. I'm sure there'll be a lot of talk about that. Um, And DK, he makes perfect sense. Yeah. Does he make sense on FanDuel? You you just have to save money somewhere this week, especially at running back. There there aren't really any cheap running back plays we got ap under 7k on on fanduel i mean if you're gonna go with mike davis that seems pretty risky he's a guy that's going to be very popular uh there's still a chance chris carson's going to play mike mike davis's workload last week came because chris carson got hurt in the middle of the game so if carson's active at all uh that that worries me a little bit obviously seattle is potentially going to be in some really big negative game script concerns so it's it's almost more of a I have to default to somebody than that. I love Lewis, who is a price-saving option. Fifty-eight hundred on Fanduel, forty-six hundred on DraftKings. It's either it's it's kind of going to be, is it him or Davis that you like more as your price-saving option? Maybe some situations both. Uh, but we're finally seeing early on in the year we saw the Titans use Lewis as as that running back that a lot of us thought they were going to use him as. Uh, I I think there were a a fair amount of people that like Lewis a lot more than Henry coming into the year. We've seen them get back to that a little bit more in these past couple games, at least 19 touches and 120 total yards in back-to-back games. New England is 22nd in fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs if we adjust for schedule, and that includes the fourth most receptions to opposing running backs. Now, Deion Lewis hasn't been uh, used as much in the passing game as he was in New England, but he does have games of five, nine, six, and four targets. So if New England is weak there, we can hope that uh, Tennessee exploits that matchup a little bit and uh, Lewis is 13th among all players uh, over the course of the season in terms of team touch share. So even though that volume hasn't been huge and the production hasn't been great, he's accounting for a big chunk of his team's touches. Um, I think the same thing could be said about Aaron Jones and mm-hmm. Green Bay. Sure. I really like how he's setting up this week, going up against the Dolphins. He's a guy, especially over his last three games, averaging over six yards per carry. Over his last three games, he's getting the overwhelming uh, majority of the touches out of the backfield. The game script, you know, this is the thing about listening to Mike McCarthy. This is probably a month ago, and the question, why isn't Aaron Jones getting football? Mm-hmm. And what he mentioned was game script. He didn't say yeah. game script. He's like, we've been playing from behind too much. Yep. Well, if you think that they're going to be ahead, I think it's $6,500 on uh, on FanDuel, I don't have his his uh, his pricing on DraftKings, but I think Aaron Jones is a guy that can actually um, be a, a little salary saver, even in yeah. cash this week. I feel very Absolutely. good about him. Absolutely, he's he's down at five thousand dollars on DraftKings. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you already talked about game script. Miami has allowed the fourth most total yards to opposing running backs, so they've been getting gashed there, no matter. Uh, whether you've been passing or throwing on them, they've really struggled. And, and that's, I mean, even if you don't like him in cash, that's going to be a, a, a really great leverage play because I think Aaron Rodgers and, and the rest of that passing offense are going to be very popular this week. Yeah, that's just another name that I was thinking of. And um, I, I got a couple on wide receiver too. I'd like to bounce off you. But let's talk about the the plays that you have dug up that, uh, I mean, that's why you pay for the service, the DFS package. TJ's just crushing it. Uh, Michael Thomas will start here. I mean, this listen, there's some big names, right? There's some big names mm-hmm. at wide receiver. Every single week we have the same thing coming up this week. Julio actually scored a touchdown. Devontae Adams, we go back to that Miami game. 
Uh, Tyler Boyd, I think, moves up into like the top tier, and maybe yep, even Keenan yeah. Allen if you like Philip Rivers. But why does Michael Thomas stand out to you? Well, he, for one, we we have a lot of really great plays on the slate this week, and relatively affordable compared to how they're going to rank uh, in our our projections. But think about who's on on a buy this week. Uh, we got. DeAndre Hopkins, I believe, on a bye. Antonio's not on the main slate. Adam Thielen is on a bye. So those top-tier guys are really thin. You're not going to be able to replicate the volume of those receivers very often. And Michael Thomas, he went through a, a little bit of a dip right when Ingram came back. We saw the Saints start going a, a little bit run heavy, but they've uh, they've eradicated that, at least in terms of Michael Thomas's volume. 35% target share since the Saints week six by that second only to DeAndre Hopkins. If we look at his touchdown upside over the course of the season, he ranks fourth in the league in red zone targets, and he has a phenomenal matchup this week. Cincinnati overall ranks decent against the pass, but uh, he's going to face William Jackson, who has uh, he's been Cincinnati's worst cornerback in terms of fantasy points per targets allowed, and, and that's a matchup that Michael Thomas should be able to exploit. Yep. Uh, again, this is uh, this will be interesting to see how the New Orleans offense fares on the road here against Cincinnati. But yep. you, you flip it onto the other side, A.J. Green is down. Yeah. I mean, for me, the big factor was, hey, is John Ross going to be active because Tyler Boyd doesn't get as much uh, love from Andy Dalton when, when Ross was out there. But now, I mean, Ross is coming back from injury. But he's Tyler Boyd is the number one option there. I'm curious to see if he can fill those shoes, but I tell you, it, you watch those Bengals games, third down or a crucial situation, uh, he's looking for Tyler Boyd because he has short hands and he's not going to be double teamed. I wonder if that's going to happen this week. Yeah, well, uh, both Fandle and DraftKings did a pretty good job of of adjusting uh, Boyd's salary because there was a, there was a, a pretty big uh, notice in terms of time that we're not going to have A.J. Green. So, Boyd's up at $7,800 on FanDuel. He's up at $7,500 on DraftKings. So, I mean, over on DraftKings, he's only $600 less than Michael Thomas, who I think is far and away the best wide receiver value of the week. So that makes him... That makes him not a must play, but also he's still one of the best plays. One thing that Cincinnati's done very well this year is move their wide receivers around, take uh, advantage of matchups. And that's why we saw a dip from Tyler Boyd in terms of, of his target volume. If you remember very early in the year, the first three or four weeks, he and A.J. Green were pretty much neck and neck uh, in terms of, of volume. And then A.J. Green kind of pulled over pulled away over the last three weeks and that was because uh they had a few matchups where uh they were facing teams that that had very good outside corners they moved aj green into the slot a little bit more to avoid that matchup and that hurt tyler boyd's volume but now he's going to be the go-to guy against uh a saints defense that ranks last in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers they're going to move him around they're likely going to put him in the slot where almost 90 percent of his targets have come from this year anyway and take advantage of a saints defense that ranks bottom five in yards per target allowed to the slot probably cincinnati's going to have to throw uh even though saints are on the road i i, I don't it this doesn't look like an offense that you're you're going to slow down completely and and i don't think cincinnati just uh, tries to slow it down and run, especially because the Saints are one of those funnel defense. They're very poor uh, against quarterbacks and wide receivers in our metrics, but they rank very high versus running backs. All right, so let's move on to the Lions and the Bears. Now, uh, you look at it, hey, the Bears got a great defense. Well, Marvin Jones is on this list, 6,200 on FanDuel, 5,500 on DraftKings, and Golden Tate's gone. And we started, over the last couple of weeks, we're starting to see a shift toward Marvin mm-hmm. Jones getting the looks from Matthew Stafford. Um, I, I don't see Stafford getting a lot of time to throw the football. He didn't last week, and mm-hmm. he got crushed last week. But when he does get rid of the ball, Marvin Jones is the guy he wants to get it to. Even though... Uh, Tate got traded, and and this has traditionally been a very pass-heavy team. I I kind of sent out a little tweet warning last week, and I'm, it's only been one week, so I'm not necessarily right, but I was warning that 
this might not be a situation where Tate leaves and all of a sudden Jones and Galladay just split up that big target share evenly, especially because that's not Tate wasn't the same receiver as these two guys on the outside. He's a, a short to intermediate guy and they were getting Theo Riddick back the same week that they traded Tate. And sure enough, Theo Riddick tied Marvin Jones for the team lead in targets. Uh, Marvin Jones has led the team in targets in consecutive games now. And you mentioned that we had kind of started to, to see a shift and even be for the golden Tate trade since the buy Kenny Galladay's only two targets, one target, four targets. So, I don't know if he got in trouble, if if <laughs> if Stafford just doesn't like him, if their offensive line isn't giving enough time to throw. Marvin Jones uh, is better at the full route tree than Kenny Galladay, even though I think Kenny Galladay just is a very good wide receiver all around. Marvin Jones has just had more time in the league. He's a little more polished, and that's, that's probably reflected uh, in the fact that Jones is the only player on this team with 10 plus red zone targets. If you get closer to the end zone, those are smaller windows, harder throws to make. You need receivers to be exactly where they're supposed to be, not just uh, winning at, at, uh, at, at the point. And Jones has been better at that. That's why we've seen him better at uh, hiring all these metrics, no matter what you look at in terms of who they're using in the passing game. Uh, Chicago, the only place they're weak in our metric is against wide receivers, 23rd in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed. And Detroit is their, their big underdogs, almost a touchdown underdog. So they should be a negative game script that, that doesn't necessarily mean Stafford, uh, is going to have a great game, but he's going to have to throw it to somebody And the wide receiver is the position that could thrive a negative game script. Mm. All right, uh, for the Lions, we're going to move on and get to the Packers' offense. And you know, there's one name that pops to mind at wide receiver when Geronimo Allison goes on to IR, and that's not Randall Cobb. Now, Mm-mm. Randall Cobb, for whatever, I, I thought at the beginning of this season, listen, Randall Cobb's healthy, he can go out there. I know they tried to trade him, but Randall Cobb has been non-existent even since he's come back. I mean, he's not cutting off any big plays. And the fresh-legged guy that, it seems like he has, what is it, 50 yards per reception, Mark, <laughs> yeah. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I mean, he's a deep threat. Aaron Rodgers is accurate with the deep ball. He's very affordable this week, 5,400 on FanDuel, 5K on DK. I mean, this is this to me is going to be a very chalky play. Yeah, he pulled off the old uh, Randy Moss 100 yards on three catches line last week. Uh, so that has a lot to do with the fact that uh, <clears throat> they don't, with Geronimo Allison not on the field, the Packers just really don't have uh, – anyone running deep routes. Scantling is the uh, the highest average depth of target on the team. But even before the Allison went on IR, when Cobb and Allison were both out, uh, MVS obviously was getting uh, a very high snap share. And then when those guys came back, Valdez Scantling still led the wide receivers and targets. Now he's going to see a full complement of starter snaps on the outside with Geronimo Allison out and this week he's going to get the guaranteed the best matchup because uh, Xavier Howard, the the best cornerback on the Dolphins, is a shadow cornerback. So he's going to follow Devonte Adams around. I think Adams wins that matchup. I'm not avoiding Adams, but it means that uh, Tory McTire is going to spend the entire day on Valdez Scantling because Scantling just doesn't move uh, to the slot much. McTire has among all the starting cornerbacks in week 10, McTire's allowed the most yards per target and the fifth most fantasy points per target. Uh, Packers have a, a pretty high team total. I think it's 28 and a half. And as I mentioned, uh, they, they are a team that throws at a, a very high rate uh, inside the red zone, even in limited time. Valdez Scantling, uh, third on the team in, in red zone targets, even though it's only five on the season, he's at least got some work in there without being a starter. Yeah, I'm going to bring up a, a name here that I, three, I think it was about three weeks ago I was trying to jam in a really low-priced wide receiver. And mm-hmm. I was asking my guys that are around the Redskins, they're like, what do you think of Maurice Harris? But man, it's not this week. He's at, not this week. You know, it's going to take an injury or something like that uh, for Harris to go, but they like him. All right, well, all of a sudden, last week, the guy gets 12 targets. Now, mm-hmm. that's not going to happen on a week-to-week basis. But... The coaching staff has liked Maurice Harris a lot. Um, the, I think both tight ends will be involved in this game. If Jamison Crowder is out, do you like Maurice Harris even in cash? Uh, 
I I could see it because you really want to attack that that Tampa Bay um, that Tampa Bay secondary just with with any type of of passing game. Uh, the thing about there's lots of ways that you can you can attack the Buccaneers, uh, but they've been especially vulnerable at giving up the deep ball. And now the only player they have that really does that is Josh Doxson. Oh, then uh, the Redskins so. are screwed because he, <laughs> I mean, he caught a touchdown last week. It was the craziest thing I ever seen. Sure. Sure. No, 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 no. I mean, so just fade the Redskins then because their offense is falling apart. It's yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough spot because you, you want a lot of passing against Tampa Bay. Um, but we just we haven't seen a, a ton of it from from the Redskins, at least in terms of success. No, their offensive line now is a disaster on top of everything else. So uh, we'll move on there and we'll get to the tight end position. And speaking of the Redskins, here we go. Yeah. Jordan Reed, 5,200, 4,400. Um, I'll just say this, that I think Vernon Davis will continue to be involved mm-hmm. in the offense here. Yep. But uh, what do you like about Jordan Reed? He's he's just a value play at a position where we don't have a lot of consistency or we don't have a lot of floor, floor plays. So despite all the things we just now said about the Redskins, uh, we haven't really been able to predict anything from their wide receiver position, and that's resulted in Jordan Reed have, being the only player on the team with a target share above 20%. So uh, Crowder still hasn't practiced as of this recording. We already mentioned that Paul Richardson's out. We mentioned that we want to attack Tampa Bay in in some respect. They're 25th or worse uh, in adjusted fantasy points to every skill position. And then something that I really look for in uh, in terms of looking for value are, are price drops where they aren't completely warranted. Now, Vernon Davis did get some work last week, but Reed's target share has been relatively consistent. But we saw his price drop $400 on each site, and that that was the highest price drop among tight ends on FanDuel. Uh, as as ineffective as the Redskins' passing game has been, ever since they came out of the bye, we have seen more passing. Now, last week, they were forced into a pass-heavy game script because they got behind big against the Falcons, but in three of the four games prior to that, they did let Alex Smith throw it at least 30 times. And as I mentioned, the only consistent target has been Jordan Reed. So as a floor play, I do like him. All right. So we got one other tight end to get to, you know, OJ Howard, Fitzpatrick loves this guy. Mm -hmm. And OJ Howard isn't just a guy that he's a safety valve. They actually go down the field with OJ Howard. Yeah. 6,500 FanDuel, 5,300 DraftKings. I mean, I think if you have the money to go after this guy, it's like there's Reed, the value, then there's Howard right in the middle, and then there's Kelsey. I think Howard is just – he's at a decent price point, and I love what this guy brings to the table. One, one thing that we talked about early in the season when Fitzpatrick was getting hot, and we also talked about uh, early in the preseason uh, when we were trying to figure out this team with all these weapons, is that they're built to stretch the field, and O.J. Howard was one of the biggest parts of that. We've seen that with their dynamic passing offense, no matter who's been under center. Uh, and now Howard's really em- emerging as the only consistent option after Mike Evans, even though uh, they have Godwin, they have Humphreys, they have Deshaun. Those guys have have really been mixing and matching their snaps, especially Godwin and Deshaun. It's actually been uh, Humphreys that has been second behind Evans in that wide receiver group in terms of, of snaps, but he hasn't had uh, a ton of volume. He had a nice game last week, but those snaps haven't resulted in the type of volume that O.J. Howard's getting. O.J. Howard's been extremely consistent since the Buccaneers buys. I guess he's like the um, he's he's the anti Kenny Galladay since the team went into the buy and decided they want to use him instead of stop using him. He's fifth among tight ends in targets uh, since that bye week. And he's second in Fandle points to only Travis Kelsey. And I, th- I think it goes directly back to what I just said. They want to stretch the field and those deep targets, they're going to be more efficient targets. They're going to result in more fantasy points. And OJ Howard is as much of that kind of weapon as you'll see at tight end. Only Gronk has a higher average depth of target than OJ Howard this year among tight ends. Yep. So there's the tight end rundown for you. Let's move on to the defense. I mean, the Jets and the Bills, I think you could play either side here. Mm-hmm, Jets yep. are 4,900. DK, uh, 3,400 on DK. Actually, 
I like the Bills less because Josh McCown is playing because Darnold yeah, was just yeah. throwing pick after pick. Sure. You know, McCown, people forget last year, 18 touchdowns, nine picks. He was mm-hmm. having a pretty decent, he's an average quarterback last year. So I think it's actually an upgrade for the Jets to have McCown in there. And and especially if you're just talking about in terms of the Bills scoring potential, I, I think it's 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 an upgrade uh, in terms of, of the Jets probably probably won't turn it over as often, which means a downgrade for the Bills. Have to mention the Jets here just because the Bills are are a week in week out target at this point with your defenses, and Jets are are priced accordingly. Forty nine hundred on Fanduel, thirty four hundred on DraftKings, but they still register as our top standalone value. the The Jets are favored at home. They're only projected to give up fifteen points to the Bills. And uh, opposite of what we just said, that um, McCown is safe. Nathan Peterman is—he's setting interception records all over the place. It doesn't matter what year it is or what defense he's playing. He, just, he throws three picks a game. Uh, Bills can't protect him. They're thirty-first in adjusted sack rate, last in four-for-four schedule of uh, adjusted fantasy points allowed. Uh, I mean, the only reason to not play the Jets is because we have a bunch of huge favorites this week. Yeah, they cost a lot of money. The Jets just cost a lot of money. Yep. And that game, I have a hard time believing I'm going to have very much. Well, you know, the Bills defense, they just keep disappointing me. So I might as well go to the well for the one week that I'm actually right again. I don't know how much <laughs> you buy into DVOA, but, I mean, they're a top five defense still. DVOA is a great metric. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think it's it's it, it's something that uh, those, if if you're very entrenched in, in the fantasy community or just looking at fantasy points, it, it doesn't necessarily – translate perfectly uh but it does tell us who who actual good defenses are and i i think it's a metric that that does a good job of highlighting good and bad matchups for us yeah i'll tell you this much it's um it's a good defense at least dvoa wise for the bills they got Mm -hmm. uh they did not have a great week last week okay we move on to the other defenses then me the team that stands out the chiefs uh arrowhead extraordinarily difficult place to go in and play. Uh, I don't think the Chiefs defense is as bad as we're making out. The numbers are actually in this instance. Some people say numbers never lie. I think the numbers lie a little bit. Their offense is just beating so many teams into submission. That's like, if a team's going to throw 70 times a game against you, you're going to give up some yards. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it actually, you can make the argument that, the numbers tell the truth and you're the one that's looking at them the right way. They're the one that's looking at them the wrong way. Right? Like if we actually look at it, just let's just look at chiefs against, uh, against quarterbacks. They've allowed the third fewest fantasy points per pass attempt over the past six weeks. But it's like you said, teams are throwing 50 times against them. So yeah, of course there's going to be some points. Yeah. And I, you know, going back to the bet, I was looking through a lot of the, the lines this week, trying to come up with a couple of bets and I don't remember what the home field advantage is on a point spread there, but I I think that Arrowhead, when you talk about home field advantages mm-hmm. too, that's one of them. And they're yeah. going up against a rookie quarterback yep. in a place that he's not going to be able to hear. He's going to be completely overwhelmed. And for me, the Chiefs are my number. I love that. I love that defense this week. Absolutely yeah. love the Chiefs this week. I- I, I opened up all of my my metrics and all the tabs and stats that I look at this week, and the, f- the first thing that jumped out to me is what we talked about at the top of the show, and that was the fact that we have these four teams that are, are double-digit favorites. And my first thought, which has pro- probably never been my first thought ever in the week of DFS, is which defense am I going to play out of those guys? And I just kind of I, I worked backwards to get to the Chiefs. We have... <clears throat> We have the Rams uh, and the Chargers who are both playing division opponents for the second time. That expands the range of outcomes for those teams. Even though they are much better, anything can happen in those games. Uh, the Packers are are playing the Dolphins, but uh, they're, they are not in as good of a matchup as the Chiefs just in terms of uh, the opposing offense. The the Cardinals rank 30th in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing defenses. And this is the one that really got me. Out of all of those underdogs that I just mentioned, Arizona is the one that throws at the highest uh, rate in neutral game scripts. So of the Dolphins, the Seahawks, and the Raiders, 
the Cardinals throw with the highest rate neutral game script, and then they're going to be in a negative game script where they have to pass even more. So that means that right off the bat, Chiefs go into the game with a higher percent chance at sacks and turnovers. Yeah, this is not going to be a neutral game script unless the uh, Cardinals <laughs> no, get the ball first. I know yeah, what you're exactly, saying. <laughs> exactly. Hey, here's – oh, since we're on this game, I wonder how popular David Johnson is going to be this week because – there is a lot of passing going on. Byron Leftwich actually at least looked like he was going to try mm-hmm. and get Johnson the ball in the right spots. And the Chiefs are allowing, if it's not the most, then it's the second most receptions to opposing running backs. So this could be a spot where, yeah, the Cardinals are going to stink up the joint, but at the very least, he might get peppered with targets. If if uh, If the Cardinals didn't have a bye week after their last game i think johnson would be way more more popular than he's going to be this week because of exactly what you mentioned their offense actually showed some signs of life with leftwich calling the plays it was the first time all year that they went over 300 total yards it was the first time since week four that johnson had over 100 total yards and if that continues that's going to translate to success for David Johnson. He's the only player in the league that's accounted for at least 40% of his team's touches in every single game. And the Chiefs' weak spot this year where they've actually given up uh, big plays and big scores, not just because of, of negative game flow, is to running backs. They're in 30th in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed. And we saw a couple weeks ago the the Broncos got in negative game script and I think like halfway through through the third quarter that game got to double digit uh, a double digit point spread but Philip Lindsay did enough in the first half versus the Chiefs vulnerable run defense to have a really nice game. All right, so there you go. Uh, that's our cash and GPP thoughts. Um, do want to let you know our game theory is going to be a little different this week. We're going to talk about our DraftKings tournament. Speaking of DraftKings. We partnered up with them here at 4 for 4 to bring you any of our memberships for free. All you got to do is go to 4for4.com backslash DraftKings and follow the instructions. You'll get full access to our most accurate rankings, the lineup generator, optimal lineups, premium articles, and more. All for 5 bucks, which you can then enter into contests and win some more money. So we are really excited to bring you this deal. If you want access right away, go to 4for4.com backslash DraftKings and follow the instructions. And TJ, why don't, why don't you tell them a little bit about what we got going on? Because we teamed up with DraftKings again to bring 4 for 4 listeners a free football contest. If you haven't played, here's how it works. You go on DraftKings, you draft your favorite players that you think are going to do well on Sunday. You and I are going to go over some of our favorite plays right here in this theory segment as we build a lineup for this tournament. Uh, sit there on Sunday. DraftKings, their their live app is actually really amazing. This is uh, I, I, I've started using it in conjunction with Red Zone, and it's it's really good at keeping you on, on point on the big plays and re- realizing when your players did well. And then you win prizes. It's a it's $1,000 free in the prize pool. All you have to do is go to the Twitter page, at 444football, and there's a link in the pinned tweet. Sign up for DraftKings if you don't have one already, and you play for free. So we're going to get into building our lineup here. You may be thinking something. So you're watching Red Zone, and you're getting the the scoring updates too. So how do you watch games now? Do you just watch them on your phone or computer, or do you still watch it on TVs? No, I go with um, – with two to four screens in okay. my living room, depending on uh, depending on what's going on, how many games are playing, I use a Direct TV game mix for for one of the TVs, Red Zone on another TV, and then if there's any games I really want to pay attention to, I'll use the other one or two TVs to have those games on the big screen. Yeah, I think I was telling you, like I didn't have TV for two weeks and I had to watch it on my phone, and now that I have my my home studio set up again, it's just so nice to be back and watch all these football games. I I I was. Um, doing a show somewhere else and they're one of the hosts over there says he doesn't even watch games he's like and he's so much better than us because you know he doesn't even watch games though he's like ah you know i just look at the data i put it in i don't even like football you know what i hope you lose i'd say i'd say once a year actually probably this time of year i i take a sunday off maybe i I watch like the first half of 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 the 10 a.m games out here on the west coast and then just do something and man it's that'll get you re-energized 
for the season. Like that, having that half day off or, or just to do something else and forget about football, it's, it's actually not a horrible idea. Doing it, uh, every week, doing it every week sounds insane. It's a horrible idea. Dude, we only get <laughs> 17 of these, man. What are, you, what are you doing? You're only getting 16 and a half. The rest of us are getting 17. Or like that jabroni... He's watching zero. You know, that's pretty on. crazy. Yeah, stop, stop being a jackass. Just watch the games. It's fun. Anyway, I, d- I didn't say I don't go back and watch them on 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 uh, I, NFL Game Pass. Yeah, yeah. You can, yep, <laughs> absolutely. All right, lineup strategy build. So let's do this. Let's use um. Let's use your DFS work here, TJ. Show off yeah. for us a little bit, and let's build a DraftKings lineup. So yeah, it is it. now the tournament. And I got to go back here. I just put in my dummy lineup there in the tournament there. So this is our four for four tournament. It's a single entry, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Single Sing- entry, tournament. single entry tournament. Uh, it's like, it's free to everybody, not just four for four users, but we've, we've ran these contests in the past and something that's very, very unique about this contest, whether it be a free one or we there there in the past, we've ran, we've ran series on, on four for four with some pretty big prizes you could take this strategy to, to other uh, websites or podcasts that do things similar. Uh, what you find is that ownership in these games, even though they're open to everybody, they really reflect the, the content and the, <laughs> the tools that are available on that website. Cause obviously that it's going to slant more towards four for four followers. So everything that I've <laughs> said in this podcast, everything that you'll read on on four for four this week, everything that uh, shows up high in the the projections on four for four, those are going to dominate the ownership percentages way more than you're going to see in some in any other public contest. And intuitively, it makes sense, uh, but it's it's really funny because I've I've played these contests in the past, and and we'll get users or listeners that'll hit me up. And it, it, uh, only if I do well, not if I do bad, obviously. And ask me how come I didn't share those plays if they did good. And it was like, hey, man, I had to try to give myself a chance in this tournament. So I had to go with some plays that I actually didn't like. And I just got lucky that they worked. Like I'm I'm very transparent in my work on the site. But this is the game theory of this specific tournament. I have to go with plays that I'm not necessarily high on because I know most of this tournament's reading for four. So I, I think that's it interesting aspect to it you kind of have to figure out ownership that isn't really maybe not available to everybody else dude can't you let one of our listeners just win or a subscriber win it's like take you know you take half a day off of football so take it <laughs> take a four for four free contest off buddy you know go you, you're dropping it's this is a late wednesday tape here so if this will drop thursday and tj's already gonna have his write-up up so um, I guess we'll we'll go quarterback. Let's go. Who's standing out to you in uh, week number ten that you should throw in four for four? Uh, you know what? I'm going to use your lineup here, and we'll see okay. how it goes. Well, I I think that uh, everyone's going to ignore my Blake Bortles suggestion, so mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm going to uh, plug him in because the the tournament theory that I really like is the fact that he is the pivot off Mariota, who I think is going to be. Uh, the the popular one in this in this matchup and uh, the the player that I like to pair him up with this week is Dante Moncrief because Moncrief <laughs> has been he Sorry. actually no I know hey, I mean, the, the like, laughable ones are the are those are the no, ones right? no that's that, not the one that's not why I'm saying that I'm saying it's because you know the whole air yards thing and he's yep. getting more he's get it's like unfortunately now I've been reading you and and now I know what you're gonna say. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. It's like, of course so, you're going to go with Moncrief if you go with Bortles. Yeah. So something that we've 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 seen uh, we've seen work in a lot of tournaments, no no matter the size, is using some kind of of game stack and and teams have really been laying it on in in these winning lineups, especially on DraftKings. Uh, so uh, is there someone opposite of Jacksonville that that you like? Uh, I'm telling to go you, big man. this week. Just on the other side, I I'm gonna be the only guy that says this. I love me some Ty Hilton. Yeah, I mean, and I I can go back. You look at his production at home. You look at his production with with Andrew Luck, and he's this just this year. Just this is a very small mm-hmm. sample, but it's three games at home this year. Seventeen yeah. and a half PPR on the road, uh, just a shy of twelve. Um, 
I think that T.Y. Hilton today, you know, this week, Bouye's going to be gone. I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. see Ramsey being all over him. And, and listen, Ramsey, last time these two teams played, Ramsey just crushed T.Y. Hilton after mm-hmm. the game, and he was talking about their offensive line. That's a little narrative straight. I, I have no problem going with T.Y. Hilton. I think a lot of people are going to fade T.Y. because he's going up against the Jaguars. I like I like T.Y. as the opposite game stack. If you're going to game stack and and your stack's going to include um, a, a, a quarterback pass catcher stack with an opposing wide receiver, it's often best to, to not go with a secondary pass catcher. It's, it's best in those situations to usually go with the primary pass catcher. Uh, T.Y. Hilton obviously plays this Jacksonville team twice a year and hasn't had insane success against them but we have seen jacksonville struggle a lot against uh elite wide receivers now ty hilton isn't in the antonio brown deandre hopkins tier but those two have played them five times combined over the over the past two years them being the jaguars and the jaguars have really struggled against those guys yeah i mean i guess the other option would be what jack doyle if you wanted to yeah, now yeah. now you're talking quarterback one wide receiver whatever moncrief is and tight end yeah, like how often do those pay off? Right, right. I don't think that's the stack, the stack that you necessarily want. All right, so um, where would you go from here? You've got your quarterback. You got your two wide receivers out of three. Where would you go next? Would you start with running back? Would you go defense? Where do you go? Yeah, in in this situation, uh, I mean, this is really where I've been starting. Just because what we've seen this year is that you need at least one high price running back. There isn't. You're not going to to win a tournament this year with two cheap running backs because you're just not going to get guys that are matching the 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 production of the top four or five guys this week and uh the guy that we mentioned on this podcast already and who's actually the cheapest on DraftKings out of that bunch is kareem hunt uh so i say we stick to our guns and throw hunt in there no doubt about it number one kareem Uh hunt all right so where do you go next you go running back you go wide receiver defense we got a lot open still yeah, if 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 I'm if I'm building by hand, say I'm playing a single entry, um, the 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 process that I'm usually going to use is to take my core players, and and this is something that that Pat James has really been preaching this year. I'm I'm going to take my core players um, in my lineup generator, and then I'm going to lock in a, a low owned stack. So this Blake Bortles Moncrief stack is going to be pretty low owned. Uh, hit that generate button. I'm not, I'm not going to play the top button, but I'm going to try to get an idea of of which plays uh, work and fit together the best and then kind of try to build by hand from there. Um, obviously, we, we can't show everybody how we do that uh, now, but one of the plays that, that would be in my core and something that builds on what I just talked about with winning tournament strategies, strategies this year is that people haven't just been sticking to one game stack uh, or one team stack. People have been stacking multiple games, multiple teammates. So in in the past three or four weeks, every winning lineup has had probably two or three correlation plays, and it makes so much sense because it it just it's you have to be right less times, right? If you're right about three stacks, you're going to shoot up that leaderboard. So with Kareem Hunt in there, our favorite defense that we talked about, or one of the favorites, is the Chiefs, uh, and that's a really nice correlation. So I'm going to throw that in there and, and then see what works. This is looking. You know, this is probably a problem that I, I'm going to have a lot of that this week. So at least in <laughs> tournament, I don't know how much Bortles I'll have. I'll definitely throw a lineup or two out there with them. Anyways, the the great thing about that though is that like this this year we've seen it so many times is that we've the people haven't been winning tournaments by fading chalk and going with five low owned guys. It's been the opposite. It's been one or two lone guys that have been the differentiator and then just a, a, a unique way to find those correlations. So unique lineup construction has been way more important than a bunch of unique plays this year. And I think that's because people are, are, are just getting sharper. You get those, you get those three top scores, you know, often running backs, like you were saying, you mm-hmm. get those guys on the same team, just find two guys that are, you know, less than five or six percent owned, and you got a completely different roster. So, yeah, I think it's good. All right, so we still got uh, we got Bortles, Hunt, Moncrief, Hilton, Chiefs. What's next? So I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it back to you and 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 ask you what your opinion is on this situation. And and we've seen on on DraftKings that wide receivers have been. Uh, kind of dominating the flex position in in tournaments, but right now we're looking at 
400 entries. The, the number's unlimited. I think by by the time we kick off on Sunday, that number will probably uh, close to double, hopefully a lot more. Hopefully we'll get in the four digits. Uh, so let's just, let's just say it's a tournament of 1,000 people. I don't think you necessarily have to have what I think is, is the highest upside strategy, and that's having a wide receiver that, to, to win something like the millionaire. Uh, I, I think in, a, in these smaller size contests, it's much closer to 50-50. So do you have a position that you prefer in flex? Um, I think in PPR, I'm, if I, if everything's equal, I'm going with the wide receiver. So just, still sticking with wide receiver? I, I would just if everything were even now, yeah, sure, right? If everything's even, I'm still going wide receiver. Um, it's, I mean, it's full point per reception. You go on a different site? No, that's not the way we're doing it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm leading toward wide receiver in the flex. And you okay. fill in your flex before you fill running back two and wide receiver three. Not at all. It just it it lets me start thinking about how I'm going to need to build out the rest of my lineup because okay. when I it, it might need a third running back or a third wide receiver, and I know I'm going to have to save some money somewhere. So now, where am I going to go to to save that money? So let's just assume that we're going to go to a wide receiver in the flex. That means now we're going to have four flex four wide receivers. We're definitely going to need to pay down one of them. So which wide receiver? Do we want to save at? I I think this isn't a spot to to fade the chalk. I think the best cheap wide receiver play is uh, MS uh, MVS Valdez Scantling. Yeah, I already had him in there. I, okay, I knew cool. you were going to say that too because uh, it's a great play. Now cool. this is interesting if you're just looking at the pricing. Our wide receivers right now go forty seven hundred fifty seven hundred five thousand. Mm-hmm. So yeah, nothing exorbitant. We've got just under six thousand. We got five thousand nine hundred sixty six remaining. Excuse me, we got running back, tight end, flex. Where do you go? Uh, here, I I know that my tight end is going to save me a little bit of money, and if I I hit the lock button on my tight end, it'll give me a pretty good idea of uh, what I can do with my other two spots. If I put in a running back right now, I'm I'm probably going to have to go back and 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 figure it out if I'm in a single entry contest. Let me just nail down that favorite cheap guy that I have, and then I can I can figure out um, I can figure out where I want uh, where I want to split those two up. So right now, it's the question is who is our favorite tight end? Well, let me ask you something. I, you talk about the ultimate pump play this week. James O'Shaughnessy is coming back. <laughs> okay, now okay. now you're laughing, and there's no, no, no way there's no way I'm going triple stack. With the Jaguars. That's just not happening. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to... I think he's more of a cash punt because he's probably going to get you like five points. But mm-hmm. he's $2,500. Yeah. You talk about a free square. I mean, I'm not... Again, I he, there's no upside there. But if you want to save yeah. money, th- there aren't $2,500 players that you can play normally. Yeah, we don't really... <sighs> we don't have a, a, a tight end pump play that, that stands out to me. I... Like you said, I just I'm I'm not double stacking here, and I I just don't think that uh, that he really has that ceiling that that I'm necessarily looking for. No, well he doesn't have a ceiling. He has like yeah. a he has he's going to score between four and five points. So sure. I mean maybe in, in a cash game, that's what I'm saying. If you want to really really punt something, that'd be it. But you know, last week the play was go pay up for Kelsey because everything else stinks, mm-hmm. and and OJ Howard's the other guy. So are you going high there? Or? There's somebody else you like, middle tier, low. It's a tough one. Um, I, I'm very inclined to to try to save this week, and and I think the public's probably going to fade Jordan Reed, and which should be a pretty good spot, just because I think the public is pretty low on this offense right now. Um, and like I said, I I want to be able to attack uh, this Tampa Bay offense somehow, and. Reed looks like the most reliable way to do it. I don't think we need to go crazy low owned or, or insane upside in a tournament of this size. So I, I think the play's Jordan Reed. All right, let's go spend some money now. We got our yep. flex and we got our wide receiver position. We're sixty-seven fifty mm-hmm. with thirteen five remaining. So you want to go running back or flex? And we have, we have two. I'm sorry, we have four games, possibly five or six, where we can have running backs just dominate game script. Uh, my initial feeling in this week of a tournament of this size is that two decently priced uh, running backs can can really separate us from the field. Now we have uh, 13, 
500 left. So if we go with someone like Melvin Gordon, that forces us to to find a, a $4,500 wide receiver. And I, I don't think that we're going to have one that we could plug in that we're going to love here. Probably the move is to hope Kareem Hunt runs away from the field, find somebody that can get somewhat close to that uh, – to the to the workload of of some of these other guys, or at least the game script of some of these other guys, and I, I think you already brought one up that I think might be Aaron Jones. I think so. Nice, get a couple I, of targets. I, yep. I, again, I don't love him on DraftKings. I like him more on FanDuel, but I I could see him getting in the end zone a couple times this week. I, I like it a lot, and it it gives us another pair of teammates. Now we have three pairs of teammates with a game stack uh, with with Aaron Jones and Valdez Scantling and it leaves us with $8,500 to pay up for whoever you think the best receiver is. And I, I think we both Michael Thomas. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. So now we got the, the guy with the, the second highest target share over the past month, uh, fourth in, in red zone targets in the league gives us a Blake Bortles, Kareem Hunt, Aaron Jones, Dante Moncrief, T.Y. Hilton, Valdez Scantling, Jordan Reed, Michael Thomas, Chiefs lineup with $400 to spare. Um, and we I, can I go like, reinvest that if we wanted to, but yeah, uh, I want to go to sleep. I like it. <laughs> I, yeah. I like it. It implements a, a lot of, of, uh, of tournament strategy, and, and it sticks pretty close to the vest of, of, of what we like on 4 for 4. And I think it's, it's one that uh, fits really well in terms of mixing in some, some pretty high core plays with, with some guys that can separate you from the field. No, most noticeably, that low on stack, which we talked about, is probably the most important in tournaments this year. All right, cool. I like it. Um, I'll have to go listen to the podcast again because I had already entered the tournament. But I'll figure <laughs> it out. Don't worry about it, pal. Um, I'll tell you one more time. I've been doing radio for almost 20 years. This is one of my favorite shows I've ever done. I just love talking about this stuff. It is so much fun. We just built a lineup for DraftKings. That's terrific. So we got our DFS MVP promo, 25% off. Don't forget, if you want to take part in this tournament that we're, we're doing, just go to the uh, 4 for 4 Twitter page at 4 for 4 Football and click on the link there. And if you haven't already signed up for DraftKings, go to 4 for 4com backslash DraftKings. What am I forgetting here? Rate and review? Yeah, while you guys are while you guys are there signing up, if you use DFS MVP promo code, you'll get twenty five percent off. Uh, we hope you guys are having as much fun as we are, and and we encourage you guys to sign up. And if if you are, rate and review the podcast. If you give it five stars, your name is going to go into the weekly drawing to rep four for four with one of those nice T shirts that we rock every single week. And if you if you like us, you could follow us on Twitter. I'm at TJ Hernandez. Holding at Holden Radio. We'll talk to you guys in week 11. They call me new money, say I have no class. I'm from the bottom, I came up too fast. The hell if I care, I'm just here to get my cash. They boozy, I'm hood, they kiss my ass. This is how we do. We make a move and act a fool while we up in the club. This is how we do. Nobody do it like we do it, so show us some love. This is how we do.